G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. Well, as the Russian war against Ukraine continues to wreak destruction and loss of life, we might be wondering how Australian churches are praying for and supporting initiatives to alleviate levels of suffering. One Australian pastor, Pastor Rob Porter, leads Kingdom Culture Church in Burpengarry in Queensland. He's been to Ukraine twice in this past year. He's going again in May. Let's get an update on conditions for Christians and pastors who are serving in the war zone. Uh, Rob, a special welcome along to 2020. Great to meet you, Neil. Rob, just quickly, right now, your own church, you've got a 21-day season of prayer and fasting for these matters that are close to your heart. Yeah, that's correct. We uh, normally have a a, a prayer and fasting season at the beginning of the year, but this year in particular, we are praying regarding the situation. We've been over to the Ukraine a couple of times in the past year and going again in May. And um, we have a connection with a Baptist church over there, just over the border from Slovakia in a town called Utskarod. Now, let's talk about how pastors are dealing with the challenges of being in a war zone. Things are not easy. Displaced people, uh, those who've had loved ones, loss of life. Uh, Give us your insights here into some of the things that pastors have shared with you of recent times around the conditions that they're working in. Yeah, so since the first time I went, which was last uh, March, um, we went back again in November and there was an improvement in the sense of how they were handling the situation. But they are every week getting new displaced people from the war zone in the east and they are hosting them in the church. What they've done with the church building is turned it completely into dormitories, except for the auditorium, which they double, which doubles up as a dormitory at night. They're hosting about 60 families um, in, in the church. And I would say that morale when we went in, in November was pretty high and they were experiencing um, a, a lot of grace in, in serving these people. But also what they do is they throw open the church every uh, day to feed um, the displaced people from uh, the town as well. So although they have 60 people they're hosting in the church, they actually feed 100 and, at least 150 people for lunch and dinner. And what we've been doing is raising funds to help them pay for the food bill because we believe that the pastors and leaders there should be able to minister to their spiritual needs without the burden of having to come up with all this money. Um, and that's really the current situation Uh, Neil, regarding uh, that situation. Masses of Ukrainians actually left the country when the threat of Russia really began to bite. A lot of pastors stayed on because they Mm. have a calling to be there. Uh, They're sent there by God and they're standing in their calling. But that doesn't mean that's without all sorts of stresses. What sort of feedback do you get from pastors and how they're dealing with the challenges? Yeah, that's a great question, Neil. So 
when we were there in November, we heard the story, uh, not a story, it's a fact, uh, that uh, 400 pastors in, the, in, in Ukraine literally up and left their churches. Now, I know that's not what we want to hear. We want to hear of faithful pastors, but they were thinking about their families, and a lot of the pastors fled the country, so there's a lot of churches without pastors. But this particular church that we're helping out, a Baptist church in Utskarod, the pastors have stayed um, and they've remained very faithful. But just last week, I was talking to one who let me know. He felt very embarrassed and quite ashamed that he was very, very low in his spirit. He, he had a lack of joy and he said he was finding it very tough getting up uh, and preaching to the congregation about joy and hope and faith in, in this time. Because what is happening is now the men are no longer going out onto the streets uh, because they're picked up by the army and are being given papers to join up. And if they refuse to join up after the third attempt, they just literally come and take them and um, conscript them into the army. And one of the pastors of the church has received his first papers call up. So it's a very, very precarious situation because they're wanting to do the right thing and, and look after their their congregations, their flock, but they're finding that the army now is disregarding all of that as well and just literally picking up guys off the street and and forcing them to go into the army. So they are, 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 have a lot of stress from this. Um, and so, yeah, these things are very, very tough, very tough times for them all. So there's forced conscription even on the Ukrainian side of the battle. And so even pastors, there's no immunity from that. There's no exemption. Uh, pastors who are attending to the needs of the people, they're not exempt from this call-up? No, pastors are not a protective profession. Um, and the only protection at the moment for any ma- male in the Ukraine is if they have three children under the age of 18. But they, the pastor I was speaking to, who was under a lot of stress, his blood pressure is very high, he was... Um, had heart problems. Um, he was saying that he he does have three children under the age of 18, but he believes that law is going to change because they're now starting to conscript men that were 55 and over, and um, they're certainly now going after the younger men with the three three children um, under the age of 18. So he has grave concerns that his church is going to be left without a pastor. Leaving a church without a pastor, and pastors are attending to uh, the needs of displaced people, uh, teenagers who've tried to commit suicide, uh, those who are suffering under the hopelessness of war, uh, the pressure on pastors to be there and to not be conscripted. uh, This is really challenging. Can can churches survive without a pastor? Is Is there a leadership within churches that helps to bear some of the burden? Yes, there is a, a leadership, but a lot of those leaders are, um, well, all of those leaders are helping to look after their own families because obviously the economic, there's a crisis because of the war in the Ukraine. So these people are full time as well. So it will put massive strain on the infrastructure of churches. There are elders and they do have those sorts of leaderships in place. But very honestly, once you start to take out the pastors, I would say you're going to end up with a situation where you have churches that are under great stress um, in, in, uh, and, and the war continuing on and them not knowing when the war is going to finish. Rob, for Australians and the way we might think of, the way we might pray for, the way we might even send our own support, 
how do you lead your church uh, to pray for the particular pastor you're providing some level of pastoral care for? But how are you asking your congregation to pray into the circumstance? Yeah, so we're asking them to pray. We had a last night. We've got a prayer meeting next week. We are leading them uh, each week, talking to them about the Ukraine and keeping them updated in in a very um, uh, f- firm manner. What you can do is, or what we have been doing, is raising funds from around Australia. When I first went over to the Ukraine in March, um, I, we raised fifty five thousand dollars from churches all all across Australia. And what we've been doing since then is is um, getting people to commit to a certain amount each month, um, and and then we've been passing that on to that that particular church. Um, none of the funds that are raised um, are go towards our trip. Our church pays for the airfares bus to go over and make sure that the funds have been administrated um, well. And and um, all the money that is raised um, by a, a donation goes to feed the um, displaced people. So you're heading back to Ukraine. It'll be the third time in 18 months. You're heading back in May. Let me ask you, when you're there and you're providing levels of pastoral care, not only for those displaced people who are no doubt seeking shelter in churches, but when you're they're encouraging the pastors. Uh, what do pastors yeah. need? Tell me about the leaders, because if you want to keep the leaders strong, that's how you keep a church yeah. strong. What do they need? Yeah, look, that's, a good, that's great, because uh, they really do need, we need to pray for them uh, for courage. But us going over there, I had, didn't actually put a lot of store by it in one sense. But so, of course, we go over to see how the funds are being administrated. But actually, the pastors just need a hug. They need a prayer with other pastors or other leaders and encouragement. Because what is happening is they're getting promises of people coming to visit. Uh, but those mostly they don't um, happen because uh, people are fearful for their own lives, which is understandable. But really, to be in the room to help serve them, to encourage them, to pray with them, to preach for them because they're tired. And honestly, we also, my wife and I and the people we took the last time, we were out there serving food and talking to these many people who don't know the Lord. Um, and we were talking to them and just hearing their stories and we had opportunities to pray for them. That for the pastors was gold because they felt like they were seen. They felt like they'd not been forgotten. And I think that's um, a big part of what we're doing. Standing in solidarity with those who are under real pressure and just trying to keep churches afloat in Ukraine. Hey, when you're praying big picture things, any thoughts about how listeners to our conversation today might pray for the whole situation the russian invasion of ukraine the leaders how yes. do you how do you suggest people pray yeah look i think um i have no issue with praying for a change of leadership in russia um i believe that we can pray for a revival in russia i believe the holy spirit is well able to work behind the scenes um, to bring this to a resolution. Uh, they believe in the Ukraine that the long game, this is the natural uh, political long game, is that they will make this war go quite a long time until the Russians themselves rise up and oust Putin. Um, that's their personal belief. I believe that we as a people can pray for, for that leadership and for the removal of uh, an unrighteous 
um, leader and and the installation of a, a righteous or more um, uh, a less hardline leader. And I don't believe that's a, a, a poor way to pray at all. I believe it is the best way for us to pray. I think we'd all like to see an end to the war. For listeners today, though, to connect with our guest, his name is Rob Porter, Pastor Rob Porter. Rob leads Kingdom Culture Church in Burpengarry in Queensland. And you might be even thinking, how can I help Rob? He's going over to be a support for pastors in Ukraine. There is a missions account that you can have access to on the church website. Now, the church website is kingdomculturechurch.com.au kingdomculturechurch.com.au and uh, you say last time you went over Rob uh, there were people who were supporting significantly with some finances Uh, no doubt you'd like to see a little more support too coming for this visit yes absolutely there's uh, there's things that they're doing with people's support obviously feeding uh, the displaced people. But the other thing is that they need uh, what they call, they're basically basically transportables, uh, mini um, little cottages that they bring in. When we were there in November, we actually financed two of these. They're $5,000 each. And it just gives the families a place to call their own. um, And they put those in the church ground. So there's a lot of ways that uh, the money is being spent. That is really helping to ease people's pain and suffering Um, in that situation. There are a lot of needs, uh, more than we can imagine, for not only Mm. the people who are displaced, but the pastors in the war zone of Ukraine. KingdomCultureChurch.com.au Pastor Rob Porter, thank you so much for giving us your insights and sharing your heart with us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. I really appreciate you uh, interviewing me. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.